0: Gentlemen, boys and girls and children over the age of twenty-one, welcome back to the Hop Nation USA Podcast. My name is Sam and you are listening to episode three. With me today, as always, are my two cohorts. To my right is Steve. Hey buddy. Hey Steve, how you doing today? I'm good, I'm good. That is great to hear. And sitting across from me is Adam.
1: Hey, Sam. I'm jazzed for episode three. Let's make this a good one. We will do our
0: best. And I am also excited for episode three. I've been looking forward to this recording session for quite a while now, as today marks one of my favorite days of the entire year. And what day is that, Sam? That day, of course, is the beginning of the Lenten season. Today is Ash Wednesday, and that really brings about not only some good beer drinking, but as we love it here in Pittsburgh, fish fries. Hell yeah, fish fries! Now, everybody loves a good fish fry, am I right? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. As a good Catholic boy, I have to. I don't have a choice. Yeah, I grew up Catholic, too, and I couldn't be more excited.
2: As a filthy heathen, I love it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, when the choice is either that or tofu. I'm going fish fry every time. One of the nice things about Pittsburgh is that we have so many options when it comes to fish fries. There are churches literally on almost every street corner of many of our traditional neighborhoods that have a large Catholic influence and there's some great fish fries. They open up a real can of magic at some of these when you get to making your homemade fish and your pierogies and... See, that's the great part of them
2: is you're not just getting like fish and like fries with them. You're getting kind of traditional cooking as well. The one I go to is bananas. Because you can get pierogies, you can get halushki. So you can
0: stop right
1: there. That's where yeah. oh, it's at, Haluski. Yeah. Yeah. Halushky. Ooh. yeah, buddy.
0: And it has to be made from just an old Polish woman. Yeah. Yeah. yeah doing
1: it for 85 years. Exactly. exactly. Can't do anything else, but she can make halushki <laughs> like it's
0: nobody's
2: business. <laughs> she slams her car three times getting to the church, but. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Still tastes delicious. As long
0: as she gives there, gets there and she could serve a big hunking spoonful of it to you oh, for about a dollar. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and it's not even just uh, churches around here. Like Pretty much
1: all the local businesses get in on the action, too. They know to, it's time for fish fry. So since you mentioned that, one of the things that uh, I have been talking with one of my coworkers about, she actually sent me a link to one of the fascinating maps of all of the fish fries in the Pittsburgh areas at churches, at community centers, and it's got all the information. It's got different pricing. It has what they have available there that have hours, locations, everything like that. Unfortunately, I can't give you the link right now. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put it up on our Twitter feed. I'll put that up after we record this episode. You guys can use that. It's a fantastic tool. It covers everywhere in Pittsburgh, all the way up from Cranberry, all the way down into little Washington. It is a fantastic tool if you really want to take a tour of all the fish fries of Pittsburgh. So you guys can check this out as well. Cool, cool. Yeah, absolutely. Put it up there and let's maybe hit up a fish fry. Maybe we can
0: even do a podcast recording from a basement of a church.
2: Now, are they going to let us drink beer while we're down there?
0: You know, interestingly enough, they do. And I've been to a lot of fish fries that either are BYOB or they sell beer in the church basement. Actually, uh, the St. Bernard's uh, right up here on Liberty in Mount Washington, they feature Bud Light and Great Lakes beer that you can purchase for $2. It's an interesting combination of beers. And and it's very interesting. If you walk into St. Bernard's on a Friday night, you need to expect you're going to be waiting at least an hour to get your food. Mm. So it's really nice to be able to go grab a beer, stand in line, converse with some of the other locals who are in the same boat as you. Community building. Community building, exactly. And when you're done with a beer or two, you know you're going to be in for a really nice dinner. And the food there is excellent.
1: Fair enough. You know what we haven't done yet? We haven't drank any beer. We haven't drank beer. We haven't really talked about this beer. Well, we're getting to it. Let's get to it. All right. Sam, what do you got? Well, here's
0: what I got. And before we get into this first beer, I wanna introduce our beer theme for the day, and as you may have already guessed, it's going to be Lenten Libations. So what we're going to do is we're gonna be pairing three beers that we feel would go really good with one of these fish fries that we've been raving about for the last few minutes. So our first beer today that we are going to try is from Trogue's Brewery, which is a brewery out in Harrisburg. Um, It's actually right near Hershey Park, quick three hour-ish drive from Pittsburgh, and we are going to be drinking their Double Bock, which is their Trogs Trogonator. This should be a pretty good beer. And one of the neat things about this beer and why it pairs really well with fish fries and Lenten food is that this is actually an Old World style that began in the German monasteries. And what the monks generally did is that they wanted to brew a strong beer during their Lenten fasts so while they weren't able to eat food they could drink a lot of this beer and the bock beer is generally a heavier beer it's a darker beer uh, it has a very strong malt character to it um, so the more you drink of these generally the more full that you are going to feel so it's going to be a nice multi flavor when uh when you're eating your fish fries so you guys want to give it a shot yes, yes absolutely. absolutely let's, start all let's go all right so let me uh pop this bad boy open here and pour everybody a sample, and we'll go ahead and get started with our first beer. So, Sam, where did you pick this beer up at? Well, that's a great question. That's why I asked it. <laughs> um, I picked this beer up from my beer fridge in my house. Oh, all right. And I do, I do know where I got it. I actually got this from a beer exchange. One of the things that I thought would be fun to do with some of my coworkers is actually a... Uh, exchange beer from time to time and just kind of enjoy uh, the different beer styles that uh, that are out there. So I started a beer club at work, and long story short, somebody brought this Troganator into the beer club, and I'm glad that they did because very it cool. pairs perfectly with the season. All right, so first impressions. Let's, uh, let's take a look at this beer, take a look at the color, maybe see what it smells like. See, the color right
2: off the bat, it's got a very reddish hue to it. Not much carbonation going on. Nope.
1: A dark copper is the way I would describe it. Yeah, that's mm-hmm.
2: exactly what I'd go for, a dark copper. Not much head retention, Mm-mm. you guys know. No. It kind of kind of disappears.
1: So Sam, what is the ABV on this one?
0: I'm seeing 8.2 from the bottle. That is that is correct. We're at an 8.2% alcohol and the IBU is 25. Okay. Not a real bitter beer. No, it's not going to be real bitter. Uh, like I said, the traditional box style is, is you're going to taste some more of those malt characters to it. Let's give it a, let's give it a shot. Well,
1: this one, the first thing I can tell is that it is a higher alcohol beer. It definitely has that sort of taste to it.
2: Uh, that's not coming through for me, but it definitely feels like you were just saying it's supposed to be you know, thick and malty. That's yes. exactly mm-hmm. what I'm getting.
0: I'm, I'm actually getting a little of the booziness you might be referring to, Adam. And, you know, when you think about the style, it's, it's generally a strong ale of sorts. Mm-hmm. So it's not uncommon to taste some of that booziness. Now, maybe Steve's just... A little more of a drunkard than the two of us, <laughs> and the alcohol is masked for him, but uh, gonna, I can certainly taste not gonna it. Do it. it. Yeah. I will
2: say, I'm actually getting the booziness on the nose. Yes. So, yeah, I'm smelling mm-hmm. the booziness. I do I'm agree. just not tasting it. I'm getting much more of the thick, malty flavor. Maybe your tongue's
0: broken. That could be true. <laughs> yeah, to me, to me, this beer is definitely, it's, it's definitely rich in malts. You're not getting a lot of hop flavor as as you should. Not a lot of bitterness, just because we (laughs) said the IBUs is only 25 on this beer, but uh, it it is providing a lot of flavor. So not that I'm going to be fasting anytime soon and just you know drinking box all day, but if this is your alternative to food, then it's a good alternative. Yeah, that's true. If if I was going to stop (laughs) eating for a given amount of time during the Latin season, heck. Why not throw back a couple of troganators, right? Yeah, I'd definitely see myself getting full on these.
1: <laughs> and I don't think it would take too many to get full on these either. No. Yeah, you take an 8.2% beer
0: and no food. That's <laughs> not a great combination. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll circle back to that beer in a few minutes here. Uh, in the meantime, gentlemen, anything uh, anything fun or exciting going on in Pittsburgh this past weekend?
2: Huh. Was there anything fun or exciting where they possibly offered 300-plus different varieties of beer for
1: tasting. Hmm. Maybe? trying to think if I did anything like that uh, or if I heard about anything anything like that. that. I do remember getting on the tee and it being absolutely packed. Yeah, that was for the hockey game. I don't know where we were going. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I know where we were going. Where Mm -hmm. were we going, Adam? We were going to the 2017 Pittsburgh Beer Fest.
0: Yes, so Pittsburgh held their fourth annual Pittsburgh Beer Fest, and it was actually the biggest one yet. And this was actually all this weekend. It was both Friday and Saturday at the convention center downtown. So I might have to correct you a little bit on this, Steve, because what I had read is that there were actually 400 beers there this year, if not a few more, and Pittsburgh was advertising it as their largest beer fest to date. I totally believe
2: it. I just was... Throwing out a number, I usually know they shoot for three to three fifty. So if they're going for four on this one, I'm completely you know in line with you.
0: <laughs> yeah, and needless to say, there was a whole shitload of beer for everybody to try. Well, even
2: I could find something there.
1: That was something that you and I had talked about on Saturday. Was yeah. it was becoming more and more difficult to find beers that we hadn't tried yet. Right now, granted, we were very successful in that. Oh yeah, no, just, there was
2: still plenty there. It's just we wound up going to. Breweries that we had never heard of before. Correct. And we just drank their entire stock. Rather than trying one or two at
1: everybody, right? Yeah, we were still able to get our fill left and right. We just couldn't go to every single. Because we've been there,
0: been there, had that. Mm-hmm. You know, what I noticed about the the beer fest this year, and I've even noticed this in years past, is that the beer fest is sometimes a nice gateway for breweries to introduce some of their new beers. Absolutely. I found a few things that I really had been searching for in Pittsburgh, or just hadn't had the opportunity to try. And it was nice to be able to just go there and sample them to see if I actually wanted to purchase them at a later time. Example. Well. There's two examples I can think of. I'll give you a good one and a bad one. <laughs> the first one that I really wanted to try was the Founder's Azeka. I've okay. been looking for that for a while, and I've seen it in grocery stores and I've seen it at bars, but I just I hadn't pulled the trigger on it yet. Mm-hmm. But it was a beer that's uh, that Founder's makes that was made with the Azeka hop. So being yeah. the I, IPA guy of the bunch, I was really looking forward to trying it. Gave it a shot at the beer fest. Had a three ounce pour, and it was delightful.
2: Yeah, I've had- really enjoyed
0: it. Ooh, I've I myself have actually pulled the trigger at a grocery store and had it, and that's a that's a wonderful beer. So there was that one, and then the other beer that I had been wanting to try, but also I did not pull the trigger on, was the Dogfish Head Flesh and Blood. Okay. It's kind of their blood orange, grapefruity beer. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm not even sure if it's made with blood orange. It's a very, very bitter, sour beer. Is that
1: the one that they make with
0: watermelon? I think I've seen that in the grocery stores. No, this is going to be one of the more soury citrus fruits. Okay. They probably do make one with watermelon, but the, I don't think this one is it. Now, is it meant to be a sour? It's not made to be a sour. Okay. I think they were what they were going for is something like the Fathead's Headhunter. Okay. But anyhow, long story short, I did not care for this beer and was thrilled that I only had to drink about an ounce of it because the second two ounces, I just dumped right in the bucket. It was so bitter that I just, I couldn't get past it. I, it was like, I don't even know. It was like squirting grapefruit into your eye. Yeah, <laughs> maybe something like that. That doesn't sound great Maybe not in my eye, but maybe just taking a large grapefruit and shoving as much of it in my mouth as I can and just biting down and not uh, opening back yeah, up. that doesn't sound great either. Yeah. As you did, I had a similar
2: experience. Okay. In that I found two beers that I had completely never heard of before and tried them both at the Beer Fest and was completely surprised. You know, one good and one bad. <laughs> yeah? What were they? Uh, so the one I found, and again, it's speaking to that experimental uh, breweries bringing out experimental beers and such. That was a smoked IPA. They didn't even have a name for it yet. I missed that one. Yeah, they had two smoked beers there. I believe they had uh, Oscar the Grouch, which was you know just a regular rousch beer, mm. and then they had this one that it doesn't even have a name. It's just an experimental smoky IPA. And holy hell, was it great! You would love it. So full of smoky flavor. We talked before about the the smoke on the porter bite terrapin yeah and the wood they use in that one it's like a beech wood and then a french oak and it has like a very campfire smell to it this one is smelling like a grill completely different flavor profile and everything again it didn't even have a
0: name so i can't tell you (laughs) you couldn't check that one in on him untapped could you oh no you could because
2: a whole bunch of other people checked it in and said you know untitled (laughs) experimental and so the other beer i had though that I wasn't too happy with was coming from a local brewery and I'm not going to mention their name but they brought two beers one of them was an American strong ale and it was about the worst damn thing I've ever had (laughs) in beer in general I don't know what the profile was they were going for it I don't know what the flavors were it just tasted like medicine (laughs) like screwed up somewhere somehow Yeah, I'm still willing to give them a chance, but oh, absolutely. what I had from them, oh, no thank you. <laughs> How about you, Adam? How was your experience at Beer Fest? It was, it was excellent.
1: It's always excellent.
2: Find anything?
1: There was, there was a few that were really, really good. I wouldn't say they, they knocked my socks off. Uh-huh. The one that I found was, it was from Lakefront Brewing. Oh, that monster. You know i know exact- I'm talking I know about. exactly what you're going to you talk about. You know which one I'm talking about. And Sam, I don't know if you had this one or not. <laughs> I don't think I did. I didn't have anything there for the lakefront. It mm. was a, a winter lager, but it was a brandy barrel-aged spice winter lager. Ooh. Yes.
0: Brandy barrel-aged. I don't even know if I've ever had a beer that's been aged in
1: brandy barrels. Well, you had your opportunity. And I blew it. <laughs> well, not necessarily. Hey, next year, I guess. Because it ran out quick. Yeah. <laughs> there was there was a bit of a hubbub
2: around it. It was literally like, I think, the third or fourth brewery that we went to. Right, and it
1: was just happenstance to go there. Yeah,
2: we were just standing in line. They still had their VIP beer on session. The price we paid for getting this Brandy Barrel Winter Lager is that we did miss out on the 120-minute IPA that was available from Dogfish Head. Because I know they had that, too. The, yeah. but It seemed we, like everybody I ran
1: into, like, did you get the 120-minute? Did you get the 120-minute? Exactly, yeah. I mean,
2: we've had it before. Correct? Yeah, I've had so, it a few times. Yeah, so that wasn't I wasn't terribly remiss about missing out on it, but this thing was
1: holy hell, just full of flavor. Mm. Sounds really good. It really I'd was. like to try and that. And not only that, uh, you know how I- in episodes past we talked about talked about how a lot of these beers with an a high ABV are, you know, high octane. This stuff was straight rocket fuel. It was I believe 13.4 oh. Thirteen point four percent, thirteen nine maybe. It was
2: Ooh, yeah. yeah, it was a killer, and yeah. you could definitely taste it. Yeah, because it was there in the brandy flavor. The winter lager on itself was full of big, you know, boozy flavor, and it just holy hell. <laughs> well, that sounds like
1: something to be on the lookout for. Absolutely for can, sure. Yeah. If you can find it, get it. One of the other ones that I had, which I this is a, a brewery that I had never heard of until Saturday night, uh, was from Four One Two Brewery. Okay, and I believe they're out of McKee's Rocks. I guess so. I have never heard of them. Yeah. Well, they were there. I must <laughs> have them. missed them too. They had yeah. a, 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 I missed a lot. They had a round <laughs> ale there uh, that was called the Two Hour Delay, and it was a very, it was just a very good full beer. I really liked yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, I had it too.
2: I mean, it, like it, it didn't blow my socks off or anything, but it was very much just a very. Good drinking beer. Exactly, and that's yeah. and
1: that's what I liked about it. it. It wasn't like you were bringing in serrano peppers and trying yeah. to do this and do that and do the other thing. It was just just a good solid beer, and I really liked it.
2: I think that was something you just said peppers, and I think is it like is that something that we saw the most pepper beers this year at? There were a lot
1: of pepper beers this year. Yeah,
2: because let's see, Sagatuck had one. Yep, I'm trying to think. There was another one that I had and I didn't really care for. Green Flash. Green that Flash. Mm-hmm. That's the one
0: I was just thinking about. I didn't really care for that one that much. No? No. I didn't have that one at the Beer Fest, but I've had it before, and mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. I yeah. thought it had some great pepper flavor to it. <laughs> it has some good pepper
2: flavor to it. I don't like the fact that it's a stout, and then it has green chili.
1: That shouldn't that shouldn't mix. It doesn't. It, well, no. for
2: me, it doesn't. it like, yeah, like, doesn't make sense. I like a red pepper and a stout and I like green peppers in like lighter beers I which see. is
0: th- that wouldn't that would make sense but I
2: tell you the one time that I had it I, th- I thought it was really yeah, good that, that's fine but that's fine it's just for me, own, I suppose yeah just for me every time I have like a stout and it's made with red pepper it's really good to me if it's made with green pepper I'm not a big fan but on the flip side like the saga tuck you know, it's a Serrano beer, but it's also a very light beer, so it has a very light flavor to it and everything, and it really lets those green chilies pop.
1: The talk was a good drinker. I did, I, I liked it, but not nearly as much as this two-hour delay. If I had them two sitting next to each other, I know which one I would grab. Yeah,
2: that's fine. Pepper beers, that you kind of got to be in the mood for them sometimes. Completely agree. The two-hour delay is something you can just pull out of the fridge any day. Yeah. I see what you're saying there.
1: What are your guys' thoughts on this beer? Now that we've had a, a a chance to sip through it a little bit, what do you guys think, Steve? What do you what do you got on the docket for this one?
2: It drank evenly all the way through tasting. I have nothing negative to say about it. It's a really good heavy multi beer.
0: Sam, what do you got on this one? I, I agree. I really enjoyed this beer. I think it does pair nicely with the Lenten season, giving the style that it was it was originally brewed in with. Uh, the German monks in their monasteries, but overall, it's you know it's a rich beer. It's full of flavor, and it's something that that the flavors within this beer to me pair very nicely with food, especially on the seafood side. So I, I would I would drink
1: this anytime I'm eating seafood. Anytime you find a church that has a fish fry and a BYOB. Exactly. Anytime I can in the drink it at a
0: church, Troganator might be the beer for me
2: yeah I can I could definitely see pairing this with anything fried like j- not just seafood but anything fried and you'll you'll probably just go to sleep after dinner'll have a wet, yeah yeah you, you gotta you have your, a good drink
1: need to have your evening planned yeah which is on the couch by eight o'clock right so you can nap it out yeah that's exactly what that pairing that with fried food mm-hmm. is gonna do for you i I did enjoy this beer as well. It's not my favorite beer. But it's really good and I, I would definitely drink it again
2: I think maybe because I didn't find that booziness that you two did that I just find it a much more even drinking beer for me hmm. I like it like I like it that much more
0: So there you have it the Troganator. all right folks we'll be back uh, here shortly we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be back with some more beer fun for you. Welcome back everybody! We are here to drink some more beer and we have a tasty one lined up for our next beer here. But we are going to let Steve introduce this one. Steve, what are we drinking next?
2: Alright, so what I picked out for us is the Winter Storm by Heavy Seas and it's an Imperial ESB. Now the reason why I picked this out is because it is uh, an ESB and that's also kind of known as an English style when we're thinking about, you know, fish fries and all that. We're thinking about, you know, fried fish, french fries, and that's pretty much a common staple in London. Ah, the fish and chips. Of the fish and chips, yeah. So why would we not want to pair it with something that's an English-style ale? It's not going to be as dark, and despite its name, it's not going to have the hop bitterness to it. Uh, When it's talking extra special bitters, it's talking about making a balance between the malt and the bitters of the hop. That's probably what we're going to run into.
1: Those Brits have thought of everything. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Uh, It's also only uh, 7.5% alcohol, so a little less than the Troganator, uh, but still you know, much heavier than what you'll find just as a regular beer.
0: I tell you, I'm pretty excited to try this beer, only because you don't generally see ESBs all that often. You go to a brewery, you go to a bar, generally that's not something that you're going to find on tap, that's something you're going to be hunting around for in their cooler. Speaking of bottle coolers, where did you pick this one up at, Steve?
2: I picked that one up at the Robinson Market District.
1: Oh, that's and, actually where I picked mine up as well.
2: Yeah. And to be quite honest, I was I wasn't looking for that. I was looking for an ESB style I was looking for. I was actually trying to see if I could find a, a legitimate English beer. Whereas this one comes from Baltimore, Maryland. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's where the Heavy Seas Brewery
1: is. I do have some experience with Heavy Seas. I, I've been to their brew pub before. Very nice place. If you ever in the uh, Inner Harbor, it's right by the Inner Harbor in Baltimore. Go check it out. They do make some excellent beers, and I'm very curious to try this one. I haven't tried it yet, so let's take a look at it. Again,
2: not much head retention on it, but it's a lot. More clear than the Trogonator.
0: Yeah, this one's a lot lighter in color. Uh, not much head, but does have a nice clear amberish color to mm-hmm. it. This is kind of like a dark gold, or almost,
1: or like a copper of some sort. It's kind of what I'm seeing from the color. I would agree. So on the nose. It certainly doesn't have the uh, the same smell as as what the Troganator had. That was definitely a lot maltier. It was a lot stronger on, on the booze side of things as well. This one is a lot calmer. Yeah, yeah it's, not... de-
2: yeah, it's definitely more mellow. Like I said, I had the I had the boozy nose from the Trogonator, but I'm not getting it on this. I'm at not all. getting
1: on this one either. Now, granted, they're two completely different styles, mm-hmm. so that's to be expected. Yeah, I'm not getting much smell at all. So I'm just gonna
0: dive right into the taste <laughs> and see what this beer is all about. Mm. Well, right away, I can taste the
1: bitterness of this
0: beer. It hit me up on the front end and the back end. Yeah.
1: The one thing that I'm noticing is it didn't have the, the strength in the nose that the Troganator did, but it definitely had the hardiness.
2: I don't find it as thick as the Troganator. It's done, defi- though. Yeah, but it's very hardy, mm-hmm. and uh, like Sam said, it, it punches you in the mouth kind of up front
0: with that bitterness. I'm
1: trying to power through it. I'll be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. This, this beer is balanced,
0: too. I think that's what I'm kind of really enjoying about it. It's not... It's not too boozy, but it mixes the the hops and the malts together, mm-hmm. and it's really just a nice, balanced, drinkable beer to me. So yeah, my first uh, my first thoughts on this one, guys, is it could definitely be drank at a fish fry in the basement <laughs> of the <a> church. <laughs> That's yeah. what I'm thinking.
2: Yeah, my initial reactions are uh, if I'm drinking this, the fish I want, I want to have like kind of a, a lemon squeeze to it, mm-hmm. or like you know, kind of a lemon flavor to it, just uh, even. Give a different flavor to what I'm getting from the beer.
1: Put a little acidity into it mm-hmm. balance it out even mm-hmm. more. Yeah. Yeah, if you had a nice piece
0: of baked fish with a little lemon drizzled on top, that would be perfect. Whereas I think the Troganator might be good for like a large, deep-fried piece yeah. of yeah. fish. Yeah, the Troganator makes me think
2: big cod sandwich. Yeah. Whale this. of a cod. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 Eaton Park reference there. <laughs> but yeah, this this one definitely makes me think of a, like a lighter piece of fish, maybe a tilapia.
0: Now, tilapia is not a beer you generally... That is correct. No, it's not usually a beer. (laughs) You don't have beer-flavored tilapia? Not yet. Now, tilapia is a fish that you generally don't see at church fish fries. They generally go with a cod, and on occasion I've seen maybe a salmon.
2: Yeah, I've seen salmon. Um, haddock is another one. I've seen haddock, haddock a lot yeah. as well. No, I think tilapia, just because it's a smaller fish, they don't like to put that out. I think they like to give
0: you the big portions. Of big old paddle worth of fish. I tell you, if you want to eat a little healthier than a fish fry, you can go to Market District or somewhere and pick up a nice piece of tilapia and cook it at home mm-hmm. in your kitchen. And while and you're there, you can go pick up a couple of beers. Like, like Exactly. <laughs> Perhaps the heavy seas winter storms. Perhaps so the heavy seas. We'll, this uh, might be
2: a good one for that. We'll come back to it, but you just mentioned cooking at home, so let's get into talking about beer batter, because if you're going oh. to deep fry fish, you want a
0: good batter with it. Beer batter. fish. Absolutely. Ah. What goes better in batter than beer? Exactly. Well, that was a really
1: good sentence to say. I'm impressed that you got through that. <laughs> the first
0: time, too. We don't have to edit any of that out, because I said it perfectly. That was just bad. roll off the cuff. I don't know if I could do it again, so I'm not going to
2: try. Let's don't push try. your luck. Don't Boom. push your luck. You're actually not wrong to the point that it's scientific fact. Beer batter is better than regular batter.
1: man references. Yeah. How how's
0: that work?
2: Well cite your work. It's coming from the scientific American. And what they say about it is beer adds three different components to a batter that you don't find with a water or a milk base. And what it adds is the carbon dioxide from the general carbonation of the beer, mm-hmm. the foaming agents that you'll find from the head, so all the proteins and everything that get, ex- you know, expelled. Oh. And just the alcohol itself. It does a whole number of different things for the batter when it goes into the fry. When you're looking at like the CO2, mm-hmm. it does, it has a different solubility than normal just like sugars and salts and such like that. And when you hit it into that hot oil, that's what's going to bubble up ah, and, that, and that's okay. what helps it froth up. Okay, And that also goes along with like the foaming agents of the hip. So mm. you get that frothiness and the batter, you know, kind of forms almost like those lace-like structures. like
1: Lace a, almost a, a fluffier
2: exactly, yeah. breading. Exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get a much fluffier breading out of that. The foam also will work as a thermal insulator, so what it does is it helps the fish kind of stay away from the heat. Okay. So it doesn't get scorched. Right. It preserves the food okay. and keeps it from getting scorched, and that also is what the alcohol does for it. It also acts as an insulator because again, alcohol evaporates quicker than water will. So it'll cook a lot quicker. You'll get that you'll get that crisp breading a lot faster than you will with a with a water or a milk.
1: So, as I understand it, if you use a, a beer batter the alcohol in the beer will not transfer over into into your fish fillet. That'll no. all get boiled off during the, the cooking process. Right,
2: right. Because the alcohol is already insulated in the batter, mm-hmm. and then you cook it and it's gone. Gotcha. So you're not you're not putting any kind of alcohol content into your fish or even in the batter. So it doesn't matter how hard you try to get
1: alcoholic fish fry. You can't, you do, can't, get it can't do that unless you bring your own, and you a can do or that. a bottle or a growler or a keg if you're really that into it.
0: <laughs> now that's really disappointing because as we mentioned earlier, there are some all you can eat fish fries around Pittsburgh. So <laughs> <laughs> if we happen to stumble upon one of those, it would be pretty nice to eat. You know. Ten to fifteen pieces of the deep fried cod and walk out of there pretty drunk. Ooh, you go <laughs> right ahead. That's if you can get through all yeah, that, that batter, <laughs> that's holy a hell. lot. I was gonna say you might not make it very far. You might actually, at that point, if you ate ten to fifteen pieces, <laughs> ten <laughs> to fifteen pieces of cod, you'd probably be wishing you were drunk instead. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's interesting. You kind of bring that up as uh, part of the historical significance to like beer batter is it was also uh, originally viewed as like a preservative. Kind of like the way you wrap salt around pork and everything. Mm. It was thought if you fried fish and then you could let it sit for a while. And the fish was actually originally eaten without the batter. They would tear the batter off and then eat the fish.
1: Now is that the way that lutefisk is, is created? I not. I'm not Scandinavian. Don't ask that right, kind of no, nonsense. That was. I was hoping.
2: I was hoping somebody knew. This. I, this I, isn't, I, isn't the fish hour. I'm what? pretty sure they just take it and they sling it up against the coat rack. They do Scandinavian <laughs> things with it. Yeah, and throw salt at it and scream at it and put it in the ice. <laughs> where belongs. What did you say it was called? The
0: fish The lutefisk. 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 Yeah. So does not it lute-fisk. roll out of no. the sea? No. Ah, that's where I was no, getting it. No. Roll out. Ugh. Nope. Of the sea, Ugh. this piece of fish. <laughs> <Can somebody cut laughs> it comes microphone? to me. Hopefully, Ludicrous just listened to that rhyme that I dropped on this podcast, and you know maybe someday I won't have to do this anymore, and I'll be You'll opening be up for, for Luda.
1: It'll make up for that Mississippi mud money.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. We're not getting that, so we got to turn to Ludacris
2: <laughs> Oh boy! Moving on from Sam's outburst <laughs> and his love for two thousand rappers,
0: we're gonna put your mic back on. <laughs> we're gonna trust you this time. Hey, and Ludacris is still relevant. He's in all of the Fast and the Furious movies. Not all of them. He's <laughs> in most of them, and he's in the new ones. That's true. He wasn't in the first one and he wasn't in the third one. But yeah, I that's think right. he's been in all of the other ones. I believe so, yeah. Was
1: he in the fourth one?
0: Yeah. I yeah, th- I believe so. I think
1: we're getting a bit off task here. We are. Let's stop timing. Sam about- totally screwed up my segue. <laughs> 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 I'll let you get back on track. Let's get back out of the dirty south. floor. <laughs>
2: So now that we've learned a bit about the science behind the beer batters, I wanted to actually present a couple for you for your fish fries through the Lenten season. Fire away. All right. So the first one I came up with is for your white fishes. Again, for your cods, your haddocks, or if you bring home a piece of tilapia and you want to cook it. All basic beer batter recipes call for just a cup of flour to every 12-ounce beer bottle and then an egg. That's the basic recipe. What I came up with for a white fish is... And it's more of a tropical beer batter. And what you want is you want the Luau Crunkles, a beer we've had at Beer Fest. What?
1: I don't remember that one. You don't remember that one? No, I don't.
2: Maybe I was off on my own. You
1: may it. have been. You kind of went on an adventure for a little bit there. Okay, well now, then. Now, where in the world is someone
0: going to get the Luau Krunkles? Well, Besides the Beer Fest. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's a beer
2: by Terrapin. It should be generally available to the public. If they can't find the Luau Crunkles, do you have a backup plan? Please. Well, basically any beer that's made as like a fruit or passion fruit beer. Okay. Yeah.
1: So like a Tropicannon by Heavy Seas. A Tropicannon by Heavy Seas. Or perhaps a Halakihiki by Rivertown. Yeah,
2: if you really are desperate.
0: (laughs) I'd probably lean towards a headhunter IPA from Fatheads myself.
2: The main point, though, I'm making is the Luau Crunkles <laughs> is a passion fruit beer. It's also made with guava and orange, and you want to take a bottle of that, mix it with half a teaspoon of ground ginger, teaspoon of salt, squeeze a lemon, and half a teaspoon of basil.
1: So this Kris Kringle beer,
2: what kind of beer is it? I just told you, it's a passion fruit luau beer. <laughs> what is a passion fruit luau it's beer? Ma- it's made with passion fruit. I get that. And it's made with oranges. I
0: get that. It's a white. Is it like a pilsner? Is it an IPA? Is it just a fruit beer? I think since it's called a Kris Kringle beer, it's a Christmas beer. So a Christmas ale? It's not a <laughs> Christmas beer. It's not a Christmas beer. Okay. So I shouldn't expect to find this in my stocking. No. It's not a Christmas beer. <laughs> Alright, so we've established that it's not a Christmas beer, so any idea what type of beer it is? It's a fruit beer. I don't, I don't know what you guys don't get about this. <laughs> and what type of fruit is it made with?
2: It's made with passion fruit. It's made okay. with guava. It's made with orange.
0: So it's not exactly a Christmas beer, but if somebody got this for you for Christmas, you wouldn't be mad.
2: No, I wouldn't be mad if I got it for Christmas.
0: <laughs> all right. That's all I have. I just wanted to make sure if I asked for this beer for Christmas from Santa mm-hmm. and he brought it, that I would be okay with that. Okay. Because generally Santa doesn't bring you that many beers, so you want to make sure the ones that you ask for are the good ones. You need to get
1: a new Santa. Yeah.
0: What kind of Santa only brings you a couple beers?
1: Yeah, come on. I don't know.
0: I get a lot of clothes for Christmas. You need to upgrade. I cra- maybe
1: I do. You got a crappy get that Santa. premium Santa. You yeah. got a crappy Santa. Santa Prime.
0: Well... If anybody has any uh, Santas that they know of, email them to us after the show and we'll look into it. Email us your Santas. (laughs) (laughs) But would you agree (laughs) that for a (laughs) whitefish, something tropical, a nice tropical batter. Sure.
1: Sure. Yeah, great.
0: As long as it's not Corona, because when I think of fish, sometimes I think of a beach. Sometimes I think of sitting on a long lawn, lawn chair, and I think of all those Corona ads, and I don't want a Corona. Well, no, Corona's garbage because you have to add your own lime to that.
2: That's true. This comes with citrus fruits already in it. All right, then you have the Sam Seal of Approval on this one. Then fantastic. <laughs> Let's
0: move along. <laughs> I came up with a catfish batter as well. Oh, good. Yes. <laughs> Catfish is good. I've had catfish a couple of times. Actually, just in one of the previous episodes, I talked about the catfish that I had from the Whole Foods. So mm-hmm. I'll be curious to see how they might be able to turn that into a Latin favorite with the correct beer batter recipe.
2: We may have listeners down in the south, so I'm hoping that maybe they find something out of this. I'm assuming catfish is much bigger down there than it is up here. I would but assume so. I would as well. I would as well. So what do you guys? But for this batter, uh, I decided to go with the Abita Louisiana Spiced. Basically, they're trying to recreate the spices you find at like a crawfish boil. Ah, you know, okay. General ca- Creole, general Cajun flavors. You know, they want they have kind of the celery and the paprika mm-hmm. and the cayenne pepper in it. So you start with that as your base, and you throw three quarters of a cup of flour, third of a cup of cornstarch, half teaspoon of paprika, and a half teaspoon of cayenne,
1: and teaspoon of celery salt. So before we get into this, I'm not going to remember any of that. I know. We're going to put it up. We need to put that up on the Facebook oh, yeah. page because well, that sounds really good, yeah. but I'm not going to be able to
2: remember it. Oh, no. We'll, we'll put up all these recipes on the Facebook page and on Twitter. Okay. You'll be able to I find just, them.
1: Just wanted to make sure because yeah. I don't want these lost to the, uh, lost to the world. Or you and, can just rewind the, the
2: episode repeatedly until you get it right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is true. And for the people down south, we should put
0: something up there about how to noodle for your own catfish in case you want to go catch it yourself. You guys know what noodling
2: is? Well, yeah. I know We're I'm not putting up instructions on how to noodle, no. but we can review beer. That go good with noodling. Okay. <laughs> I'm yeah, pretty we'll sure you're going to have to have
1: an extra long episode for that one because you're going to need to have a couple of beers each before you go noodling. That's true. We have to go down south.
0: You can't noodle in the Mon. Yeah, that's enough. Yeah. Well, I don't know. There's catfish in there, but we can't I reach to need- the bottom. No, that's true. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Pass. Pass. <laughs> pass. You don't want to put your arm in catfish
0: mouth? Nope. That's how you get them. I don't want to put my arm in the Mon. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't for any reason, let alone <laughs> noodling for catfish. Who knows what'll either leech onto that thing, or just don't want to touch the river. <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> so what else you got? The Final recipe I came up with: if you're not eating fish, more than likely you're gonna eat shrimp during the Lenten season. You know, all seafood's pretty big, and shrimp is a lot more common. The last uh, the last recipe I came up with is a coconut batter. Ah, okay. And what you can start with is the Kona Coca Brown. I don't know if you've had that.
0: I have not. I have had that. You've
2: had that. I have. And surprisingly for a brown ale, it has a big coconut flavor to it.
0: Hmm. It does. It's a good one from Kona. Kona. From Kona. Kona, from Kona. Yep. Yeah, yeah. In Hawaii.
2: But you can find it pretty much anywhere you go. Like, I've seen it across the nation. Yeah, and
0: it's it's a very affordable beer, so it's only about 10 bucks a six-pack. So Damn. if you buy a six-pack of this beer, you probably wouldn't mind, you know, setting one aside to do some cooking with.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, that's a general suggestion. If you're going to, you know, cook with your beer, drink your beer while you <laughs> cook with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, start with the cone of coca brown. Uh, throw a teaspoon of salt in there and roll it in some shaved coconut. And then toss it into the fryer. All right, then. For a bonus, you can try the Dirty Little Freak. That, by that is Ducla. by Dewclaw, correct? Yeah, Now that one's by Ducla. Uh It has a very different. Flavor profile to it, but it also has a coconut flavor profile. I oh, know that, that
1: one was caramel and chocolate and coconut. I'm, I think sure, I'm sure that's all in there. But I am quite curious to try the coconut shrimp that you listed out there. I might give that a try next Friday.
2: Yeah, go ahead, give it a try. Um, definitely have a bottle of that on Coca Brown if you haven't yet.
1: I have not. I guess I'm going to have to.
2: Yeah, that's a that's probably one of the better coconut beers I've ever had. Very cool. And it's strange because most of the ones you find are stouts, and this one is pretty you know pretty clear
0: brown. Hmm. It's a good thing that the Lenten season is about a month and a half long because we really have some beers to drink for these fish fries. And yes, we do. We probably have like about six fish fries between now and Easter, so mm-hmm. we got a lot work. of
1: opportunity to drink some good beer with the food. We got our work cut out for us. Awesome. Yep. So, speaking of beers, we're going to talk about beer number two again, now that we've had a chance to, to talk through it a little bit more. Yeah. Steve, I hope you were done.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm done. If you guys are done <laughs> criticizing and... You're not bringing up
1: Christmas beers. I didn't bring
0: up Christmas, Christmas oh beers. Christmas beers and noodling in the mawn. Yeah. Oh, my God, I didn't bring any of that. <laughs> but I did learn that you cannot get drunk from beer-battered fish, no matter how much you eat. You yes, might get that's sick, true. Yeah, no, drunk. you'll absolutely get sick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the Heavy Seas Winter Storm. I'll give my, review, my final review of this. And as we sat here drinking it during this segment, I will say for me, it only got better. This is a beer that I could really see myself not only cooking with, but then also drinking another one or two while I ate the food. So I wouldn't even need to make that switch. I could buy a six pack and it could last me all night. I'll cook, I'll dine, And then afterwards, I'll finish up the rest while I play some video games. So to me, this is very drinkable. Uh, Like I said earlier, it's very balanced. It's not too boozy. And the more I drank of it, I, I don't know if you guys got this as well, but my very first sip, it was very bitter. But as I drank more, it seemed to get a little less bitter.
2: I'll agree with that. I wouldn't say it got less bitter, but I feel like I got more used to the bitterness. Just because Maybe. again, just because again, because that bitterness goes throughout the entire profile of you know, it's not just up front, it's not just you know, on the back end, it's not just in the aftertaste. It's all the way through. Yeah. You just kind of get used to expecting to have that bitterness. I completely agree. It's something that just gets better the more you drink of it. Adam, what did you think?
1: Well, for me, it, it started out pretty good, and it ended pretty good. For me, it, it kind of maintained. It changed a little bit with the temperature change. It warmed up a little bit, and I and I did feel that the bitterness kind of went down a little bit. Okay, so maybe
2: I'm wrong, but... <laughs> but maybe. I just, yeah. Maybe. Well, um, hey, no
1: one's wrong. That's It's just correct. a difference of opinion. That is correct. Uh, but it wasn't a bad beer. I could definitely see having a six-pack in the fridge. Mm-hmm. Would I seek it out? Not necessarily, but I, I would definitely drink it.
2: Again, like I think as we said earlier, this is definitely a beer you pair, not necessarily with fried food, but it will go pretty well with just-
0: Something grilled or baked,
2: maybe. Something grilled mm-hmm. or baked, yeah. I could see it with a tuna, even. Ooh.
1: <laughs> yeah. Now that I could definitely see. A yeah. nice rare That's tuna steak. A
2: big, t- a big tuna
0: steak. Just walk it past the grill.
1: That's right. all you need
2: to
0: do. Yeah, yeah. Sounds good to me. I'm also thinking swordfish, too. I bet this would pair nicely with swordfish. Let's find out. So yes, <laughs> Steve, you're buying. No All no. right. No, no, no. While we go get some swordfish, we're gonna take a quick break, and we're gonna come back with segment three. We got one more beer for you folks, and we'll uh, we'll try that as soon as we get back. We are back, and we are thirsty. So we have one more Lenten libation for you, and it is our last beer that we're going to be tasting here on this episode, and I'm going to let Adam tell you what it is. So
1: this one is completely different from the other two that we had. We had the Troganator, and we had the Winter Storm. That was by Heavy Seas. This one is from Evil Twin Brewing. This is called the Sour Bikini. This is a sour beer. It is a sour pale ale. Uh, This one, unlike the other two, which were... A little bit higher in the ABV, they're up in the sevens and eights. This one is actually a very light beer, coming in at only three percent ABV. Beer for children. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. So the children reason- don't drink beer. That is correct. <laughs> yes, remember,
0: children of all ages except for those under twenty-one. But anyway, so
2: we're drinking this.
1: Yes. And so why would we want to drink a sour well, with at a fish fry? The theory behind this was twofold. Number one, with the low alcohol content. You can still go to the church, and you won't get all busted up. Uh-huh. You can have a couple, and you can still maintain. You don't have to worry about, okay, I can only have three quarters of this, and I don't have to worry about being yelled at by the old church ladies. The other thing is, with this being a lighter, sour, pale ale, it's going to contradict what you would have with the heavy breading and the heavy fish that you would have. It would be kind of a contradictory compliment to the fish and and the chips
0: or
2: can I say I think you're full of shit and you just picked it because it has a bikini and you thought
1: that about the beach? No, there is actually no bikini whatsoever on here. A bunch of triangles, that's about it. On the Triangles
0: can. or bikinis? In the shape of a bikini. Look at those green
1: triangles on the oh, front of the can. Yeah. There's a bikini there on is. it, trust me. Now that I look at it, but that is not why I grabbed
0: it. This isn't my first can rodeo, Adam. That's weird. I don't even know if that makes sense, but no. Let's keep it. No,
2: it's not my it first. Makes... It's not my first foray into graphic design. <laughs> there
1: it is. All right. There we go. That's... So we're gonna crack this open, even though it apparently is under protest.
0: No,
2: it's not under protest. I just thought you were full of shit and you just picked it up.
1: No, no, I actually put a
0: little thought into it. Okay. So to give everybody perspective, we are drinking a beer that has less alcohol in it than a Miller Lite, a Correct. Bud Light, and a Coors Light correct and I'm not saying that's good or bad I'm just simply pointing that out that's a thing so let's uh let's
2: see what this is all about it's three percent it's slightly above a kombucha Depending, I mean, I've had. You don't some have, of five.
1: You don't have to have big boozy beers all the time. You can. Have yes, I do. Nice and yes, light. I do. You don't have to. You I do. Try the other Me, side, man. I do. I'm not <laughs> saying
0: you have to have big boozy beers all the time, but I mean, we're talking three percent here. So what's wrong with that? <laughs> let's uh, let's what's just see beers? what it looks like here. So I'm I'm getting a lot of head on the pour. Me S-M-I. too. A lot of head. A nice white head. Not that a lot of head is ever a bad thing. No, were no. 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 uh hazy beer too. It is uh, not a lot of
2: carbonation coming up from the bottom. Uh, nice, I do like the color. Yeah, nice, nice. yellow it's golden. Right?
1: Good looking yeah. beer. Yeah, very golden. Nice looking beer. Give it a smell, you can definitely taste the sour side of things.
0: Oh, boy. Yeah, you can
1: smell the sour right off yep. the bat. You don't even Oof. have to get your nose all the way into the tasting yeah. glass to, yeah, to smell know, that. You know what you're getting as soon as you get it six inches from your nose. Yeah, hufa. Uh,
2: I don't know. If, uh. Now, sours and saisons, they're not my favorites. so...
1: So, lately, I've been getting into the sours. I, mm-hmm. I will say that is something that I've kind of been getting into, and my personal opinion is that I believe that the sours are are slowly becoming the new IPA. I want to agree and disagree with you at the same time. I don't think
0: they're becoming the new IPA, but I do think that they are becoming one of the more popular styles of beer as people start to try them more, as breweries start to make variations of sours and very high-end variations of sours using everything from wild yeast to all different kinds of berries.
2: Yeah, I think I uh, like I'm kind of agreeing, but I'm also going to say uh, I think saisons are right right there with the uh, right there with the sours. I completely agree. I just took a drink of that damn thing and it fucking soured my mouth <laughs> up so bad I couldn't aren't, even speak correctly. Aren't you
1: glad that we tried
0: this one third? Yeah. <laughs> I I will say and this is just an estimation here, but I would say about 25% of the beers at the connoisseur reception at the Pittsburgh Beer Fest were sour beers. A lot of the high-end stuff. Because sours aren't that cheap. Some no, of them no. are they're very, not that cheap and they're very uh, expensive.
1: And not only that, but it takes a long time to brew them as well. So you you have to be committed. That is true. They take a couple months if I'm not... If not
0: longer. If, if I'm yeah. not wrong. I guess it if depends on... depends on how you want
2: to set it and everything. Yeah. Right? Uh, to try and go back to the uh, Beer Fest real quick... <laughs> Uh, Terrapin, they had a sour, right? The, uh, Tart Cherry
0: Wake and Bake? The Tart Cherry Wake and Bake, yeah. How was that? That that was another one on my list I wanted to check out. So, the Tart Cherry Wake and Bake is a variation of Terrapin's Wake and Bake, which is their Caramel Coffee beer, Mm -hmm. and that beer in itself is excellent. Yeah, it is. I will say... The tart cherry was an interesting variation of the style, but I did not like it nearly as much as the Wake and Bake. I, I just – I feel like the Wake and Bake has such a nice balanced caramely coffee flavor to it that now you add in a sour cherry flavor and it just throws just too the much. whole thing off. Just too much. Okay. I, I give them an A for their creativity to try that. Yeah. But – I know the retail on those bottles is generally between thirteen and fifteen bucks for a twenty-two ounce, whereas you can get a six—or excuse me—a four-pack of the wake and bake for only about twelve bucks. Yeah, I believe you can get a six-pack of cans for sixteen ninety-nine.
2: So, I would respond so, to you, but
0: I think I just bit into a yeah, lemon. Yeah, yeah, so I'm, we're all making faces. What the faces. hell did we just drink? Well, what we're drinking <laughs> this
1: is, is sour. the Sour Bikini by Evil Twin. Yeah, brother. yeah, no,
2: we went through all that. <laughs> what have you done to us, Adam? Wow. Oh. Aren't
1: you glad that I brought this out third?
0: Ugh, aren't you glad? My, pa- my palate is wrecked almost yep. just from one sip of this. That is lemony and citrusy and very sour. But so. I'm telling you what, I keep going back to it. I keep drinking it. I keep taking sips of it, but I don't know
2: how many more I'm going to go for. Like, this is this is biting a lemon, mm-hmm. followed by shoving Sour Patch Kids up your nose.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, pretty yeah. much.
2: It's it, something, it, though, isn't
0: it? Uh-huh. It's something. And I'm going to continue to drink it as well as we go through this segment, but... What I'm starting to envision in my head now is I'm drinking this beer and have a nice beer-battered cod sandwich sitting right in front of me. I, I can't
2: picture the two going together too well. No. What I'm actually thinking is something grilled mm-hmm. to get like that kind of smoky and like almost blackened flavor to it just to detract from this.
1: So remember earlier how you were saying that when we were talking about the heavy seas, you wanted to have something that had a lemon twist to right. it? right? There yeah, you go. And you've now, got it right here. Yeah, and now I'm
2: looking for something malty and blackened and <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well, you can use that whenever you if you're gonna use a beer battered fish, yeah. you can use a, a nice malty beer, try to get some of those flavors. Could try. And you can't. I don't, know if, I don't know if it's gonna overpower this thing. <laughs> this is it, it is potent, that is for sure. Here, here's what I might
0: wanna try. I might want to take a nice piece of salmon, put it in the grill, turn the grill up as high as it can go and just burn the shit out of the salmon. <laughs> So that way, it's pretty much charred black. I'll take a bite of that, and then this beer will actually it'll taste good, good and refreshing and it'll be after that. welcome. So we're kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum, but maybe they'll balance each other out. We'll see. We'll see at the end of the episode. Let's
1: finish through the, these tasters. Let's see. Maybe things will change. Maybe you get a little used to it. I don't know. But for our third segment, as we have done in previous episodes, we're gonna take a little segment here to talk to our presenters to get them and get to know them a little bit better. This is called. The Pear Down. Pear Down. The Pear Down. So Ooh, who gets to play the pair Down today? Well, in episode one, Sam got to play the Pear Down. I want to play again. You don't get to. <laughs> oh, episode dude. Episode two was myself. That leaves Steve for episode three. Oh, I'm the big winner. You right. are the big winner. <laughs> oh, fun. You get, you get to drink the Sour Bikini
0: oh, God. while you're playing <laughs> it. Oh, yeah. Steve. What? Mm. You should see his face right now. <laughs> it's it's like eating Sour Warheads. Yeah, I've done you that just
2: keep, too. Yeah, You just keep doing it. It's yeah. dumb behavior, though. Yeah, but I keep doing it. And I'm, glad, that, I'm glad
0: this doesn't get me drunk.
2: It's either this or
1: cigarettes. Your
0: choice. <laughs> I was going to say, you'd probably get the same level of drunkenness off of the Sour Patch Kids or the Warheads as you do off this <laughs> yeah. beer. Yeah, you don't have to worry about getting wrecked on this stuff. Because what's Sour Patch Kids? They're about 2.5% alcohol, aren't they? <laughs> anyway. Sam thinks so there's booze in everything. There's booze in beer batter. Booze in Sam's <laughs> going to have
1: a lot of disappointment in his life. So the way we play this, if you haven't heard any of our previous episodes, what we'll do is we'll talk to our, in this case, one of our hosts, Steve, (laughs) we'll give them a topic and they will have to match up a beer with that topic. And these topics are usually something that uh, they do in their day-to-day life or that is something that they do as a hobby or something like that. Something that's
2: near and dear to their hearts. Near
1: and dear to their hearts. That is a good way of putting it. So let's see what Steve likes. Number one, and as soon as you meet Steve, this is something you immediately know. You don't even have to talk to him. You'll be able to see it on one of his T-shirts. That is correct, mm-hmm. and that is heavy metal. Oh, yeah. If you're going to go to a heavy metal show. Okay, be, so I'm at the show. Okay, you're already at the show. Well, uh, am I going to the show or am I at the show? Does it matter for the beer that you're going to pick? You could also <laughs> just
0: be listening to it in your house.
2: Exactly. exactly. You should That's maybe true. clarify. Yeah, exactly. Am I am I at my house or am I going to the show
1: or am I at the show? Tell you what, you're at your house okay. just before leaving to get to the show. However, to get to the show, you're taking an Uber. Well, of course, I want to never drink and drive. No, I completely agree. That's
2: all right. So if I'm in my house and I'm getting ready to go to the show, mm-hmm. I'm gonna want something that is really good, but it's gonna be dark. It's gonna be heavy.
1: That will set the tone. Yeah. I will agree
2: with that. So what I'm going to pick with this is the Toxic Sludge. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who the heck makes that? Blue Point Brewery. Really? Yeah. And what it is is a black IPA. All right. Now, it has a low uh, IBU on it. Okay. You get, like, a lot of uh, hot flavor to it, but it also, like it says, it comes out like
1: sludge. But it, and it doesn't have that bitterness to it either.
0: Not really, no.
1: Okay. And that's really
0: appropriate, I think, for you because it probably has the same name as the band you're going to see. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> and I must say, all
1: bets are off if you're going to a guar show. Yeah. All bets are <laughs> off.
2: Yeah, if you're, if I'm actually at the show, yes. I'm probably not going to drink something that heavy, that dark. No. Just because I'm going to be in a room full of fat, sweaty dudes. The last thing you want is yourself to be drunk and sweating and fat. I agree.
1: But it's a good thing we made that distinction, because otherwise you'd just be drinking a, a Jenny Cream.
2: Jenny Cream, like a Blue Moon, who yeah. knows. Whatever so don't is drink tap.
1: toxic sludge at a toxic
0: sludge show. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, if you're seeing
2: toxic sludge, don't drink toxic sludge.
1: So, oh, moving on. Moving yeah. along. Yuck. So if you are if you're hard at work listening to your heavy metal music, yeah, I also understand that you are a screenwriter mm-hmm. and uh, you've developed some screenplays mm-hmm. and you're still in development with a couple more screenplays. Uh, if you're writing a screenplay, say you're sitting down at your computer, you got your cold beverage sitting right next to you. What is in that glass?
2: Okay, well it's not something I can get readily, okay. but it, this is what I would choose if I could have it all the time. The really old brown dog by Smutty Nose. Okay. Okay, so the brown dog's pretty available for everybody. Mm. And the old brown dog is pretty available for everybody. The really old brown dog, I've only had it once. What is it? Uh, it's, the brown, it's their brown ale. But it's, it's taking all of their flavors and everything and ramping it up again from the old brown dog. And it's an 11% brown ale. Mm. So the reason why I picked that is because usually when I'm writing, I either write while drinking liquor. <laughs> because that gets me kind of in the mood. A little quicker. I get that. You get like ideas get a little more free, mm-hmm. free flowing and everything like that. Right. The juices are flowing. Right. So if I'm if I'm gonna be drinking beer, I wanna get something I wanna get me something that's gonna get me there a little quicker.
1: You don't want to be drinking something that's three percent. Right, exactly. Like, like the sour beer. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, I'm not drinking sour patch kids.
1: Because I'm pretty sure the way the way I've been looking at your face every time you've been drinking this thing, you just get mad. Yeah. And you just start punching the keyboard. Yeah, it's... If you were drinking this. Yeah. You're not um, going to get a lot of great ideas. No. no I'm not going to get a lot of great ideas.
2: Most of the, what I'd be writing would be coming out. An angry
1: letter to the good people of Evil Twin. Yeah, probably that. But with the
2: really old brown dog, the other thing that goes along with it is, even though it is at 11%, it's a very easy drinking beer. Okay. And it's not something like... I don't want something I would get tired of drinking.
1: It's something you can you can constantly have on tap. Yeah. You can drink it anytime you wanted to.
2: Probably a close second to that is in what I usually... And more common to drink is the Bell's Expedition Stout. Okay, it's along the same lines. Uh, you know, it's like a ten and a half percent beer.
1: It'll still get the juices flowing. Yeah,
2: still get me going. <laughs> right
1: on. So, uh, along with that, uh, not only are you a, are you a writer, but you also do a lot of editing as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do a lot of freelance editing. Um, if you're and once again, if you're sitting down at the computer and you need to do editing, what uh, what do you got in the glass right next to you?
2: Well, with editing, I'm much more likely to be working with a client. Mm-hmm. And so I try to keep a clearer head. Makes sense. But again, I'm going to go with a beer that I can't have readily, but I wish I could all the time. And it's called the Earl by Caution Brewing out of Fort Collins, Colorado. Ah, I've been there before. That beautiful town. Absolutely. This beer is one of the most amazing beers I've had, like, ever. That's a bold statement. Yeah, I wish I could have it all the time. It perfectly mimics Earl Grey tea. Oh, okay. But it's not a kombucha. It's just a beer that's brewed that way. Hmm. Uh comes in at like 4.7 ABV. Okay. Nice. Like I, like I was saying, it's a light beer and just something if I during the day when I'm relaxing and like trying to do work, I can just have that and I can have a number of those without getting worried about, you know, the quality of my work suffering.
1: So it's a nice nice easy drinker. Absolutely. Very cool. Yeah. So is
0: that something that you could ever get in Pittsburgh? No. No. That is something Okay. Well <laughs> just I could, wanted to declare that I don't. I don't want to I've never even heard of that. I know. It's something I had while I was in
2: Denver. Okay. I, I imagine I mean you could get it. You just gotta ask Caution Bruin to
0: send you some. <laughs> or just drive out there grab or just drive, yourself or and drive back. I mean, what's Denver? I mean, 16, 17 hours from here? Yeah, it's not bad. It's, it's probably not, not bad. that bad. No, you can get there in two days. If
2: that's not a good reason to go out there, I don't know what is. Ah, There's all kinds of good reasons to go out to Colorado. Yes, there yes, is. Yes, there is. Yeah. But, but that's, that's
0: for another day in time. That's for a different podcast. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> that too.
1: Tope Nation! Moving right along. <laughs> Once you're done uh, working at your computer, it's mm-hmm. it, you're you're ready to to make dinner. Uh, you are a big cook. Uh, you've always been a big cook as long as I've known you. you you've you always been. Me fat? Yes. Okay. So that was easy. Yeah. All just right. Be clear. <laughs> <laughs> so you are you are at ease when you're behind a pot or behind a pan when you're cooking a meal. Obviously not the fish because we've already discussed that. If you're cooking something, what do you got drinking?
2: Okay. So usually whatever I'm drinking, I've tried my best to pair. Mm-hmm. what I'm drinking with what I'm cooking so I can't give you a single answer to that what I can give you is an answer for a recipe okay and probably one of my favorite recipes is uh, my Guinness fried chicken oh okay so I would be drinking Guinness because I sense. picked up a four pack okay the recipe calls for four cans of beer Well then. one goes into the batter and three go into me ah, <laughs> <okay>.
0: <laughs> I like where your head's at that's a good system now I that's I like. a recipe you can get drunk off of <laughs> exactly <laughs> But yeah, I'm usually. Unlike that fish. Stupid <laughs> fish.
1: <laughs> Can't even get drunk eating
0: it.
2: But yeah, uh, Guinness fried chicken. Just kind of a general chicken batter, but made with Guinness instead of milk or water. Very cool. Uh, I usually make it with my Ginger Jameson potatoes. Ginger Jameson potatoes? Yeah. All right, I'm going to have to come over to your place and we're going to have to have dinner sometime. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, just chopped up potatoes cooked down in actual Jameson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, delicious. Hmm. Amazing. And I'm not even Irish. That's the best part.
0: <laughs> You're turning into one real quick, I can yeah. tell you that. St. Patrick's Day is coming up. And yes, you it gotta is. eat. <laughs>
2: Ooh. Maybe I'll make a big pot for everybody. Excellent.
1: Yeah, I like the way you cook. Very boozy. You also like to enjoy watching movies, right? Um, in particular, Vin Diesel movies.
2: I don't know who's spreading that lie. I don't. Miss I am. I'll <laughs> spread that lie. Don't spread that lie. Everybody
0: <laughs> likes watching Vin Diesel movies. They may not Let's admit it to what it, it is.
1: <laughs> but everybody loves him. Some Vin. Exactly.
0: D. D. And there's Ooh. no bigger Vin Diesel fan than Steve.
1: So, so if you're gonna sit down and watch Fast and Furious 19,
0: I don't
2: know if this is slander
0: or liable.
1: <laughs> Let's just <laughs> go
0: with both for now. Now you're avoiding the question. <laughs> For entertainment
2: purposes only, they were covered. If I'm watching Vin Diesel movies, mm-hmm. I want to be as drunk as possible. <laughs> <laughs> They're loud, stupid, fun. They are. And I don't need all of my brain to pay attention to them. So, what are you drinking? The Colossus by Duclos.
1: Two- <laughs> <laughs> what a- and Steve? what's
2: that? It's a spiced beer that is about 17.5%. <laughs> <laughs>
1: are you even going to get past the opening credits?
2: I don't care if I do or not. <laughs> I it, I don't need to. It's like, uh, okay, Vin Diesel's doing a thing. Explosion, explosion. Mm-hmm. I can pass out, wake back up. Explosion, everything's good. So it
1: sounds like this also applies to Michael Bay movies.
2: Yeah, plays the Michael Bay movies, Brett Ratner films. Yeah, any of that kind of trash. You just <laughs> shut the brain
1: off and just watch the pretty colors and explosions.
2: Yeah, and that's exactly what Colossus will help you do. <laughs> uh, if you've ever had the Mad Elf by Trogues. I have. Okay, it's pretty similar on Flavor Profile. Okay. Just a very cherry and spiced beer. Just tuned up even more. Yeah, but tuned up to 11. Ooh-wee. Like, obviously, it's... Well, hep- no, 17. Well, 17, yeah. <laughs> the, only, uh, the only other two beers I've had heavier than it are the Worldwide Stout mm-hmm. and 120 Minute IPA. So, you're looking at a killer. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, that's definitely on the podium. You know what's interesting about this pair down that we just did? hmm I feel like we've kind of just described a typical day for Steve. Listen to heavy metal music. Write screenplay. Edit podcast. Cook dinner. Watch Vin Diesel movies. Go to bed. I need this to stop with the Vin Diesel movies. <laughs> I can't have this on. Nobody's We're gonna,
2: gonna put this out there. Nobody's gonna take me seriously I as a writer never. if all I watch is Vin Diesel movies. No, no, no. I,
1: I think I think this will help you. <laughs> it could <laughs> teach you what not to write about. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! You are not liking that beer at all, are you? Not at all. All right. Well, that sounds like a good pla- place to wrap up the pair down, Steve. Thank you for uh, participating. Taking us into a day in the life of Steve, so let's uh, do a little more uh, talking about this third beer, the Sour Bikini by Evil Twin. Steve, you wanna you wanna take the lead on this one?
2: This is some
0: trash. You don't like <laughs> it, huh? I'd rather watch the pacifier.
1: Wow, that's a bold
0: statement there,
1: buddy. So let me ask you this: uh, what what do you think of sour beers in general? Okay, sour beers in general, I'm not a big fan of. Okay. So,
2: presenting me with this just complete, over-the-top, egregious <laughs> crime against palettes. <laughs> I feel about this the same way you feel about the palette wrecker from Green Flash.
1: Now you know what it's like. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I'll, I'll have to... Yeah, have go it. ahead. Okay. No, yeah, <laughs> you... <laughs> Jump in. <laughs> I've already interrupted.
0: I was just gonna give my final thoughts on this beer as someone who does thoroughly enjoy sour beers and I've been really getting into them lately. But you know this one this one sucks. And the only <laughs> thing <laughs> And the only thing that I would the only reason that I would really want to ever drink this again. I, w- I guess I want to see what would happen first. Would I get drunk first, or I would get diabetes first from all the sugar? So yeah. that sounds
1: like a terrible race to participate.
0: in. Yeah, you just drink as many and see what happens. Drink as many as you can and see what happens first. Do I lose a foot or do I get tipsy? <laughs> yeah, one of the two. I will say one interesting thing. This I saw that this was an Evil Twin beer, and I don't know if it's just me, but I've yet to have something from that brewery that I've actually enjoyed. Really? I think their beers are mediocre at best. With some of them, I. Don't even want to finish like this one oh, you know what i finished it just to say that i did but i'm not going to be searching it searching for it anytime soon let's say that
2: okay so reading the can really quick mm-hmm. uh it's mentioning that the reason it's called the sour bikini is because it's named after the bikini atoll yeah. from where
1: they tested the atom bombs mm-hmm. this is a war crime <laughs> <laughs> oh, well i didn't think it was that bad i mean you guys are absolutely slamming this stuff I, I it wasn't good, man. It wasn't I good. I didn't think it was that bad. It tastes it, like shit, and it doesn't get you
0: drunk. What's to like about this beer? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're pretty much comparing it to a Miller Light. At this point, what's the difference? So you're saying you would drink a Miller Light over this? Yes. Yeah, I probably would. Yeah, I could
2: actually drink two Miller Lights.
1: <laughs> How many Miller Lights would you drink before you would drink this one? What is what is the limit? Three Miller Lights, four Miller Lights before you drank one of these? No, I just keep drinking Miller Lite. Just, I would never,
2: I would never go back to this. Just, it, ad nauseum, Just keep going yeah. until you can't. Yeah, I'd rather do a five dollar
0: pitcher of
1: Miller Lite than we just one can of these. Yeah, no. hold on. This a five is not dollar okay. pitcher of Miller Lite is a
0: good deal. I'd probably do that over other things. I mean, <laughs> you can is a good A whole pitcher, pitcher of beer versus the cost of maybe one craft beer. I mean, let's let's that's that's another conversation for another day. But I, I agree with Steve. I would probably just continue to drink Miller Lite. Yeah. If I did switch, it might be to Bud Light, maybe a Coors Light, but not back to the Evil Twin Sour Bikini.
1: That's for sure. So for me, it it wasn't great. You can definitely tell it is a sour beer. You don't even have to take one sip of it. You already know it's a sour beer, just smelling it. Yeah,
2: just before it gets to your nose, it's being offensive. Mm-hmm. It's offensive. I don't think it's
1: offensive. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. I've had better sour beers. Oh, yeah, I can I've definitely, definitely had. can tell
2: you that. I've had better sour beers.
1: It is not the worst beer I've ever had,
2: though. Uh, I'm not going to say that either. It's not the worst I've ever it had. It is not the worst I've, I've ever had. I've had some real trash.
1: Would I pick this up again?
0: Probably not. I wouldn't. And even if somebody tried to get me to drink it again, I probably wouldn't Say no either. thanks. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm good. Thanks, uh, but no thanks. I, I don't really. I need to drink tonight yeah so. that's the thing like with
2: it only being 3% like you're not putting any kind of drunkenness on the line true no you know like you're like it's a choice of like do I, do I want a really sour taste or not it's not a choice between do I want to get drunk tonight or not
1: let's uh let's wrap this up a little bit uh let's do
2: the metal count yeah let's, let's put them on do the, the metal count
1: yeah so Steve what's your gold what's your silver what's your what's your what is your bronze Steve gold for this episode's is going to the Troganator Okay.
2: Uh, I like that. I just liked it a little bit more than the ESB. That bitterness up front on the ESB eh, was a little much at first, but just the richness and the fullness of the Troganator put it just that much more ahead of the Winter Storm. Obviously, the silver medal is going to the ESB, and I'm going <laughs> to give a little participation
0: badge <laughs> to the not even, not even giving him the bronze. <laughs> no, he tried. Good for him. So, Sam. So interestingly enough, uh, when I think back about our beer theme for the day of Lenten libations, I'm really trying to think about what I want to drink while I'm at a nice fish fry this year. And for me, the Troganator is also number one. I love the rich multi-character of that beer, and I think that would pair really nicely with a nice beer-battered piece of fish. Uh, Silver for me, ESB. Um, I did enjoy that beer, and I will say it's a close second, It's something that if I did not wanna go beer battered, like we mentioned, if I wanted to go grilled or smoked or baked a piece of fish or even some shrimps or something, I think that would be really good to pair with it. It was a very drinkable beer. You could have two or three of those and be perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. And I mean, for me, the Sour Bikini's up on the podium at number three and I'm just gonna drop kick that bitch right (laughs) off that podium, right into a trash can or the Monongahela River. I, I don't care where it goes, just get it away from me.
1: So not a fan, huh? No, it was terrible. So for me, I'm gonna take a little bit of a different tact on this. Uh, I'm not going to rate the beers themselves what I'm going to do is I'm going to rank these in terms of the styles that they represent to me this this is a little bit different simply because we're we're looking at what we would be pairing with the the fish fries the fish dinners our our seafood so to me this is a little bit different than what we've done in past episodes what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be ranking these in terms of the styles that they represent not necessarily the beers Uh, themselves I'm looking at you evil twin (laughs) for that the the gold medal for me would be the troganator Uh, okay to me that that was that was that style would go the best uh, between the three Uh, the silver medal which will be the controversial one simply because of the style that it represents not the beer itself but the sour bikini by evil twin I, I understand it is not a great beer. No, it really isn't. No. I, I get that. <laughs> we do not like it. <laughs> but, but I am using that as a representation of the style, which is the, the sour ale. To me, I believe that would pair uh, fairly well with seafood. It might be a bit of a dark horse. You may not think to pair it with seafood, but I think it would go along quite well, especially with a lot of the fish dishes will have a, a zest of lemon on it. And I believe you can kind of get that with a sour beer.
2: Yeah, I guess you could get with sour beer. Um, it's just this one is so hard to imagine.
1: And that's and that's why it's it, so overpowering. That's why I wouldn't use this one. I would definitely go with another sour if I were to do this. This one is eh,
2: not great. Do you have one in mind. Like do you have
1: any other one? Any other, <laughs> oh, any yeah. other sour? <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Try to go out and find the Goose Island Juliet. It's a sour beer from their daughter series. It's a fantastic one that I had at beer fest this weekend.
1: Oh, there you go. All right. So third place, uh, and it wasn't really a third place. It just got it just got eked out a little bit more. Was the the winter storm, which represented the ESB. Still not a bad beer to to pair with fish, but I felt that the other two were just better. That was it. It wasn't a bad pairing. It just wasn't the best. You mean the other two styles.
2: Correct. Like you would drink the ESB over the sour bikini. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's no doubt about it. But like I said, for this, I'm looking at the styles Versus the individual beers.
0: <laughs> I think one thing we can all agree on, though, is the next time that everybody's out at a Fish Friday, we can all handle three beers, I think. So why not pick up a Bock? Why not pick up a Sour? And why not pick up an ESB and try them all with the pairing and
1: see what you, see what you like best? And once you do that, uh, drop us a line on social media, either on our Facebook page at Hop Nation USA or perhaps on Twitter at, at Hop Nation USA.
2: Download us on iTunes. Give us a five-star rating.
1: Or email us at hotnationusa at gmail.com. Yeah. All right. Uh, if you guys have any suggestions for any beers you would like us to try or any segments you would like to see us tackle, please let us know. Get a hold of us. We'll see what we can do. Do you guys have anything else we want to add before we tap out here? I think we're good. Go enjoy some fish, Pittsburgh. All right. And with that, uh, thank you guys for joining in. We look forward to seeing you uh, in Episode 4. Happy drinking.